John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Bibles, if you will, please, and turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 2 and verse number 52. This morning, I want to share with you uh, a message. I'm really excited about this message. I've been studying it out for a couple of weeks now, and, and I'm really getting to preach from one of my favorite verses of Scripture in all of the Bible, and that's Luke, chapter 2, verse 52. Matter of fact, this is a verse of Scripture that years ago, before we even had children, that the Lord led me to. And really started revealing some things in my own personal life that I need to get a hold of and raising and rearing a family. And and this is a verse of Scripture that we try to instill in our children, not so much in getting them to memorize this verse, but in the principles that we were going to be teaching them. And today I want to share some of those with you. I want to talk to you about the four cornerstones of a balanced life as we go into the year 2011. Look, if you will, in this verse of Scripture. It says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with people. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we stand in need of you this very hour. And Lord, I have prepared, I have studied, I have dug into your word, I've been sensitive to the leadership of your Holy Spirit. But God, if I stand here and proclaim your word in my own strength, it will be in vain. Father, I need you. I stand totally dependent upon you this very moment. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me today. Lord, I ask you to give me the words that you would have me to say. Help me to deliver them in the very manner you would have them delivered. And God, I pray a prayer that Martin Luther prayed many years ago. And I pray that the Spirit of God would take the Word of God and make us all more like the Son of God. May that be our prayer in 2011. That we become more like you. Do a work in our hearts and our lives, God, that only you can do today. Hide me behind the shadow of the cross. May people hear your word today and not just John Cannon. And we'll give you the praise, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When Martin Luther prayed that prayer, may the Spirit of God take the word of God and make us more like the Son of God. Probably one of the most powerful prayers I've ever heard in my life. As I was studying and reading about his life. Well, if we're going to allow that prayer to come alive in our life today, then we've got to look and see what the Son of God was like. You see, part of being a Christian means that we are a Christ follower. Being a disciple of Jesus means we follow Him. It means we emulate 
Him. It means we pattern our life after Him. You see, we sang the song, May We Get Back to the Heart of Worship, where it's all about Jesus and not about us. Guys, as we go into the year 2011, may that be the cry from our heart that we become a person that emulates our life after the Lord Jesus Christ, that we become more like Him in every single area and aspect of our life. You see, it's not about us. It's not about whether it's not about us feeling good. It's not about all these things. It's just simply not about us. Boy, if we could get a hold of that. You remember the illustration I gave you some time back, and it's out of Francis Chan's book called Crazy Love. If you haven't read that book, that's one of the best books you could read. I encourage you to read it this year. Francis Chan, Crazy Love. Awesome book. But in that book, he gives the illustration of the movie. And you remember me sharing them about the, the movie and how we picked Eldon to be a, 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 have, just to be a supporting cast in the movie. And he got like one second in the movie where they saw the back of his head. And, and he's all excited telling everybody about, hey, I'm in this great movie. And look, 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 did you see me? There it was. And somebody had to tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, dude, the movie's not about you. Hello? Same thing in our Christian walk. Same thing in our church. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about our personal preferences or what we think people should be doing. It's all about God. It's about Him. Hello? Are you all with me this morning? And if we are going to become more like Him, then we must look into His Word and see what He was like. In verse number 52, there are four, what I'm calling cornerstones... You can call them pillars, call it a foundation, call it principles, whatever you want to call it. But here are four cornerstones for a well-balanced Christian life in 2011. I want to challenge you, as we go through 2011, and as we march week after week, if you, listen, listen guys, if you're not real careful, it will be Christmas before you know it. Hello? I mean, really, it's just right around the corner. It is. It'll be here before you know it. But as we go through this year, let's not just fall into a rut. You know what a rut is? A rut's a grave with both ends kicked out. I mean, just kind of dead, just kind of going through the motions, just kind of doing our thing. Let's be intentional about what we're doing. And let's be intentional about four areas of our life. Now, I think these four areas, if you concentrate on these four areas, you will become more like Jesus in the year 2011 than any other year that you have lived. If you concentrate on these four areas. I'm reminded of what Luke chapter 6, Dr. Luke tells us in Luke chapter 6 and verse number 40. He says, everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. And guys, if we would get into the Word of God and we allow the Word of God to, to mold our hearts and our lives, hopefully and prayerfully, we can become more like the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me give them to you real quickly. Number one, for a well-balanced life in the year 2011, jot this down. By the way, your sermon notes are on the back of your worship folder, so go ahead and take those out and, and jot these down and Number one, for a well-balanced life, here's what I want you to do. I want you to mature intellectually. You say, well, what in the world does that have to do with being like Jesus? Well, I want you to look what it says in Luke chapter 2 in verse number 52. It says that Jesus increased in what? In wisdom. 
Jesus increased in wisdom. That's intellectual development. You see, a lot of times we as a Christian, all we focus on the spiritual aspect of our life, and we think the rest of it is just kind of out there. Or we're just the opposite. We think about everything else and we don't give much thought to the, to the spiritual part of life. I want you to know that as a, as a well-balanced Christian, we must pay attention to the intellectual side of our life. Now, I'll be the first one to tell you, I am not the most intellectual individual in the world, and I guess you already knew that. <laughs> Somebody escort this brother out right here. No, no, I'm just... I don't claim to be the most intellectual person, but I do claim this. I strive to learn every day. I want to increase my vocabulary. I want to increase in my intellect. I want to increase in my reading. I want to have more knowledge yesterday than I had today. I'm intentional about increasing intellectually, maturing intellectually in my own life. And that's one of the things that we see in the life of Jesus. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 52 that he increased in wisdom. Matter of fact, you go through the Gospels and you read about the story of Jesus and you'll see as he mingled with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and the scribes and the masters of the law at that day, they all marveled at his intellect and his knowledge. Did they not? They marveled. And all of them did not agree that He was the Son of God. All of them did not believe that. But none of them denied that He was a great master teacher filled with wisdom and intellect. Guys, as we go into the year 2011, my prayer is to you and for all of us that we will mature intellectually. Jesus had great knowledge. As a matter of fact, you go back and you study more about him, you see that he understood the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch are the first five books of the Old Testament. He knew them. He understood the law, the, the, the law of the prophets. He understood the prophets, the major and the minor prophets. He understood all the historical books of the Old Testament. He was an individual. As you read through his childhood, it says in verse 40, the boy grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom. You see, they lost him for a while in verse number 46. And after three days, they found him in the temple complex. And he was sitting among the teachers, the most intellectual scholars of the day. He was sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking what? Questions. This boy Jesus was intentional with his learning. He was listening and asking questions. Now, that goes against the grain for some people because some people just know it all. Hello? Some people you can't tell anything. Some people won't listen to anything. And some people never ask questions. You see, I think it's a, I think it's a huge mistake for you to go through life and never ask questions and act like you want everybody to think that you know it all. I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't, I don't have all the answers. I don't know it all. I ask many questions. Nothing wrong with that. Jesus was asking questions. So let me ask you, are you learning? Are you maturing intellectually? I want you to listen to a quote by Howard Hendricks. He's the... Uh, the theologi uh, theological seminary professor down at Dallas Theological Seminary and teaches theology there. This is what he said. He said, if we stop reading, 
we stop learning. And when we stop learning, we stop preaching or witnessing. You know what he's saying? That we must increase intellectually. When we stop reading, we stop learning. When we stop learning, we stop leading. Get that, folks. Now, every single one of you are leaders. And the leader is a person of influence. You influence someone. But people's only going to follow you so long until they get up to where you are. And if you haven't grown past that, they're going to go off to somebody else and follow. Hello? We need to be people that's increasing in knowledge. I can't stay here all day long. But let me share with you two factors that influence you most in life. And you know what they are? The books you read, the people you hang out with. Hello? The books you read and the people you hang out with. So let me ask you a question. Aside from the Word of God, which I believe this should be the number one book that you read every day of your life, but apart from the Word of God, let me ask you a question right now. What books are you reading? So I don't like to read. Well, get over it. Hello? If you're going to be a person that learns, if you're going to be a person that's well-balanced as a child of God, emulating the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, I am His disciple, I'm a follower of Him, He increased in wisdom, intellectually, then we need to. We need to be people that read. We need to read books. There's some great books out there that we need to be reading. Matter of fact, I told you this morning, I'm reading three books right now, apart from the Bible, that I'm just going through and reading. I love to read. Let me ask you, what are you reading? Now, I'll be honest with you. I've got all my books that I'm reading Uh Oh, there's a Facebook message. Let me get that off of there. All the books that I read, I've got on my Kindle for my iPhone. And I download to this thing. Because I usually always have this with me. I may not always have it on. There are times when I take sabbaticals from the Internet, from text messaging, from the phone. And there are times when I intentionally put this thing on airport mode and you may go to voicemail, you may not get an email returned from me quickly, you may not get a text message. Why? Because there are breaks that I intentionally take. I disconnect myself so that I'm not connected 24-7, which I believe is healthy. I'll talk more about that in just a moment. But here, right, here's, right here's three books on my Kindle. I'm reading right now The Church Awakening by Charles Swindoll. When I gave this book to all of our leadership team, and several of those have come back to me and talking about how great and awesome that book is, and we're going to start unpacking that in our very first leadership team meeting here with our, our church leadership team as we are working through The Church Awakening by Charles Swindoll. You want a good book to read? Read that book. Here's another book I'm reading. It's called Think Orange. And the concept by Reggie Joyner. The concept of that book is imagine what would take place when the church and the family connected. And it's all about D6 ministry and family ministry and, and putting some emphasis on our, our family, IGN type ministry avenues and, and directions. Excellent book by Reggie Joyner. Another book that I'm reading, and I just started reading this one. It's called Unbroken. This is a book by, by Laura Hillebrand. And the book is about a World War II story of survival, resilience, and redemption. I like to read some biographies of the history and the past 
And this is a World War II story about an individual that survived a wreckage out at sea. For 29 days they were out there and a couple of guys, and it's a story about their lives. The point I'm trying to make, guys, is this. Jesus increased in wisdom. And I think one of the things that we should be intentional about here in the year 2011 is that we increase intellectually and that we somehow maintain a consistent study and reading program. We need to always be learning. Listen, don't think you have learned it all. You haven't. Okay? Everybody okay with me? I know that's not real popular. Nobody really likes that a whole lot. But it's something I want to challenge. There's something else I do to try to grow intellectually. Uh, On my dictionary, on my iPhone, I subscribe to the word of the day. And every day it sends me a word out of the dictionary. And sometimes I know the word and I know the meaning. I just blow it off. Okay, I didn't learn anything out of that. But sometimes it sends me a word and I'm like, what in the world is that? What kind of a word is that? And the cool thing about it is it has a little speaker. And I push that little speaker and it pronounces the word for me. And then it gives me the definition of the word. And then it gives me some sentences that the word is used in. You know, what is all of that? It's just trying to increase intellectually. Now, I've got a long ways to go, and everybody can say amen. I understand that. But the point is, I am trying to be intentional. I want you to do that. Jesus increased in wisdom. Number two, jot this one down. I hope this one goes over a little bit better. Maybe. It may get a little bumpy here, too. But not only did Jesus increase in wisdom, what's the next thing it says? In verse number 52, Jesus increased in wisdom and what? Stature. What's that? That's the physical development of his life. He increased in stature. The physical development of our life. Actually, whenever we say of stature, what it really speaks of is our lifestyle. It speaks of our eating habits. It speaks of our nutrition. It speaks of our recreation. It speaks of our exercise. It's the aspect of a person that really influences the self-image of a person. And the Bible says that Jesus increased in stature. Now let me ask you guys, are you increasing in stature? Are you paying attention to the lifestyle that you're living? Is it a healthy lifestyle? Are you putting some emphasis on the physical part of your life? Matter of fact, I put this question in my notes here. Is there anything in your life today in which you do not have control over? Is there anything out there in your life that is controlling you apart from the Holy Spirit, apart from God? Is there anything out there that's controlling you? Is your money under control? I'm talking about your lifestyle now. Is your money under control? Do you overspend? How do you handle your money? Do you handle your money or does your money handle you? There's a difference. I'm talking about lifestyle. I'm talking about the stature of a man and a woman. What about your material possessions? Are those material possessions your idol? Or are they a tool that you're using to help carry out God's will in your life? What about the area, you think about the physical area of your life. What about the area of rest? I went on the the website, the National Sleep Foundation. And boy, they have so much information on there about resting. And the reason I started studying this is because I am trying my best intentionally as a senior pastor at Victory Church to lead our church into an area of a sabbatical rest. I think it's important that we find some time in our calendar where we don't have anything scheduled other than rest and recreation with our family. That's important. Hello? 
Now, I am trying to lead our church to take the entire Sunday evening, nothing scheduled for Victory Church. And people have asked me, we move in our new building, we're going to have a Sunday evening worship service? No. I may get outvoted, leadership team may kick me out, I may get fired, so be it. I'm going to the table with a no boat. Why? Because we need to have a rest. You see, the world's keeping you busy Monday through Friday from daylight to dark, 30. Saturdays, you're doing your own thing. Sunday morning, we're going to come and worship. We may have some, we will have some afternoon classes, early afternoon. But from 4 or 5 o'clock in the evening, nothing do I want on our church calendar. Because I want to create a time slot so that we can enter into a rest a sabbatical rest through the week. The National Sleep Foundation did some research. Let me, let me read this to you. They have shown that sleeping too little can not only inhibit our productivity and ability to remember and, cons- and consolidate information, but lack of sleep can also lead to serious health in- in- or consequences and jeopardize our safety. For example, short sleep duration is linked with increased risk of motor vehicle accidents, increase in body mass index, a greater likelihood of obesity due to an increased appetite caused by sleep deprivation, deformation. Somebody help me with a word there, amen. In- increased risk of diabetes and heart problems. Increased risk of psychiatric conditions, including depressions and substance abuse. Decreased ability to pay attention, to react to signals, or remember new information. I mean, listen, there is all kind of side effects, effects by not getting enough rest. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9 and 11 says. A Sabbath rest remains, therefore, for the people of God. For the person who has entered his rest has rested from his own works just as God did from his. In Mark chapter 6, in verse 30 and 32, the Bible says that the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, listen to what Jesus said. All the, all the disciples have gathered around him. Listen to what he says. He says, Come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest a while. I mean, Jesus, there's still people that are sick. Jesus, there's still miracles that need to be done. Jesus, there's still people that do not know you as the Lord and Savior. Jesus, there's still ministry to do. Jesus said, I know that, but come away and rest. Let me tell you this, guys. And I was raised just the opposite of this. I was raised at home just the opposite of this. I was raised in the church I was raised in just the opposite of this. You see, my dad didn't believe in sleeping a whole lot. and He didn't believe in naps. He believed in working all the time. And so if he ever came home and called us resting, it was on. So I knew I couldn't rest at home. But sadly... I got into the church world at a young age and it's almost like I was condemned for taking some time off from church activities. It's almost like I was condemned if I wasn't in every single little function taking place in the church. Anybody else feel like that sometimes? Listen, I want you to know, you can't make every function in the church. Hello? Hello? And I think it's unrealistic for anybody to expect you to make all of those. We need downtime. It is spiritual to rest. 
Sunday afternoon naps are spiritual. You're growing close to Jesus when you kick back in the recliner and you take you an hour and a half nap. Amen? We're fulfilling what Jesus said in the Gospel of Mark chapter 6 and verse 30 when he told his disciples, come apart and rest a while. So go home and take a nap. It's spiritual. It's just as spiritual as coming to church on Sunday morning. We need rest. And I'm talking about increasing in stature the and did I even give you the, did I even say what it was? I don't even think I said what it was. Eat healthy and exercise regularly. That's, that's number two, cornerstone. Eat healthy and exercise regularly. Of course, that brings up the question, should a Christian exercise? I don't know about you, but I was told early on in my walk with the Lord that that didn't matter. That's vanity. Vain of unvain, it's vanity. I guess you understand, I was kind of raised in somewhat of a legalistic church early on. Lord, if they can only see me now, amen. <laughs> Are you all with me this morning? Hello? Is it spiritual to exercise? Should a Christian exercise? I know everybody's making New Year's resolutions. How many, how many got my email? Did you get my email? On my New Year's Day email, if you did not get that, that means you are not on our email list. If you'd like to get those on the back, on your connection card, write your email on there and put on there, get on the mailing list. God's not interested in your New Year's resolutions. He really isn't. And it seems like every year, January 1, the YMCA revenue goes up. Why? Everybody flocks to the YMCA. They go to Gold's Gym. Why? Because they realize, oh, i got to exercise. And they all go there and exercise. And unfortunately, it lasts for a month or two. Matter of fact, um, we saw Connie and, and Ryan Denny. Actually, it was Ryan I was talking to at the YMCA last January. And, uh, of course, I was there. <laughs> Ryan looked around and said, man, it's crazy crowded in here. I can't wait till these New Year's resolutions wear off, is what he said. And, of course, in time they did. You see, the Lord's not interested in your New Year's resolutions. You know what he's interested in? A heart that draws close to Him and loves Him becomes more like Him. But is it healthy or is it spiritual? Is it okay for a Christian to exercise? Short answer is yes. Long answer is this. As many things in life, there are extremes in the area of exercise. Some people focus entirely on their spirituality and neglect the whole physical aspect of their life. And I believe that's wrong. Some folks... Focus entirely on the physical appearance and health, being healthy in their life and totally neglect the spiritual aspect of their life, which I think that's wrong. I mean, there are almost two polar opposites and, or extremes here, if you will. I think there's got to be balance. Should there be exercise? Yes. We as Christians should exercise. Hands down. Listen, we are a culture today that sits behind a desk, works on a computer for the most part, we sit in our offices, we go home, we sit in our recliners, we sit at the table, and we lay down in the bed. I mean, we're no longer really the, the nation of the industrial age that's out there doing manual labor for the most part. Some do, but the majority do not. So the exercise we're, we're lacking. And we as a body of believers need to exercise. Listen to what Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 8. He says, for the training of the body has a limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way, 
since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Now I want you to notice that this verse does not negate the need for exercise. It just says that exercise is valuable, has limited benefit, but I want you to notice what this verse does. It prioritizes exercise. It says godliness is first and then exercise. And for all of us who are involved, not us, for all of you guys who are involved in exercise on a daily basis, then I want to encourage you to be sure that the priorities are in order. Matter of fact, we've got to remember the Bible teaches us that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we see that over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, and we're to take care of the body. But the Bible also does bring reference to vanity. And we need to be beware there. So our goal in exercise is not... Listen, our goal in exercise, needing health, is not to increase so that we draw attention to ourselves. People say, man, you look good. That's not the goal. The goal in exercise is to get healthy so that we can do more of our Father's business and we can be involved in what He wants us to do. Hello? Let, let me real quickly give, give you some things you need to take note of. Real quick, you may want to jot these down. I don't have them on the screen. I probably should have built a slide for it, but I didn't. What are the main things we should take note of? Whenever we think about the second cornerstone of eating healthy and exercising regularly, let, let me give these to you real quickly. Number one, I want you to know that God made things in a good way. Write that down. God made things in a good way. Now, let, let me say this. Whenever we process or rearrange food, we usually do some damage to it. And so I guess the point I want to make is maybe we need to pay attention to what we eat and let's try to, to eat more, not completely all. Remember, there's balance and everything. But let's eat a modest amount of, of, of unprocessed food from a variety of food groups. Let's pay attention to that. Number two, jot this one down. Do at least a little exercise every day, even if it's just a walk. Just either get on a treadmill or walk around the block or do something. Do a little bit of exercise every day. Now, you don't have to go join the Y. You don't have to go join Gold's Gym. You don't have to work out three and four and five hours a day, even an hour a day. But at least give it 30 minutes a day and do a little bit of something. Get your heart rate up and just get some blood going and get your muscles. And, and I feel like Tracy ought to be up here teaching us all about this stuff. But get something that we can just get something moving a little bit. Hello? 30 minutes a day is good. Is it not, boss? He gives me the affirmative with a head nod. And so let's, let's go for it. Let's, let's try in 2011 to do about 30 minutes a day. Number three, get this one. Drink plenty of water. Now there's one thing I know that we all need to cut out of our life. Not completely. But coffees, I'll say that one first. Because that's me. And sodas. Okay? And teas. All the caffeine and stuff. Now, we can have it in moderation, but we don't need to consume it all the time. We need to start drinking more water. Now, I'm, I'm being as practical as I can be today. Hello? We need to drink more water. Matter of fact, I did some research on dehydration, and many doctors believe that most of our diseases today are related to dehydration. The fact that our body is dehydrated, and we need to drink water. Number four, jot this one down. Eat plenty of fruits and vegetables. You say, I came to church to hear this. Jesus increased in stature. And we must, going into the year 2011, pay attention to the physical, the, the body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you to eat plenty of fruits and vegetables. Now, here, here's one rule of thumb that we try to pay attention to whenever we go to the grocery store. Here's something you can do that makes this a little bit easier. When you go to the grocery store, go in 
immediately either hang a right or a left, depending on how the grocery store is laid out, and shop around the parameter of the grocery store. Shop around the outside walls of the grocery store. When you start going up and down those aisles, honey, you're into all the processed stuff. Okay? I mean, there's, have you ever went and just pulled one of those cans off the shelf and read that stuff and see what's in Man, there's words in there that long. Holy smoke. And you're putting that in your body? Now, remember, in moderation, I realize sometimes we do have to go up and down the aisles. And I'm not being extreme on any of this. But just try to be intentional. Go around to the fruits and the vegetables and shop around the outside wall of, of the grocery store. That'll help you a little bit. Matter of fact, people have asked me, was Jesus, you know, I, I believe in just being a vegetarian. It's not spiritual to eat meat. Was Jesus a vegetarian? The answer is no. We know he ate fish. Hello? So I'm not saying you can't eat meat. I'm just saying you need to eat healthy. Okay? Pay attention to that. Let me give you this one. Jot this one down. Fast regularly. Fast regularly. Now, a lot of times whenever we fast, we're some type of spiritual emphasis, and that's okay. But we need to do it for the physical aspect of fasting as well. Do you realize that as we eat so much of this processed food and just foods in general, that we accumulate toxins from the environment and from foods? And during a fast, now get this, guys, and this is spiritual, stay with me. During a fast, your body then can start working to burn up the useless and toxic substances that are in there, and there can be a cleansing that takes place in your body. But I think if you go back to the Levitical law, you'll see a season for that. And I think we need to implement some of that. Okay, that's number two. I'm, I'm done with that one. Number three, third cornerstone. Jot this one down if you will, please. For a well-balanced life, third cornerstone, not, not only mature intellectually, not only eat healthy and exercise regularly. Number three, develop relationships with unbelievers. Wow. Develop relationships with unbelievers. You say, you mean I'm coming to church and hearing this stuff? The Bible says that Jesus increased in favor with God and what? Man. Jesus increased in favor with man or with people. Matter of fact, this is the social development of your life. And I think we need to pay attention to that. You see, here's one of the things a lot of times that we as Christians fall into. Whenever we accept Christ as our Savior, we go to the local church, we get involved with the church, we have a whole new set of friends in the church, we get in our groups in the church, we get in our cliques in the church, we do all of our hanging out with people in the church, and before long, we have completely isolated ourselves from a world that needs Jesus. So I want to encourage you, Victory Church, to be intentional about developing relationships with unbelievers. Let me ask you this. When is the last time that you've invited a family that you know is lost, unsaved, completely out of church, maybe pagan, maybe in some other religion, maybe they're drunkards, maybe they're prostitutes, Maybe they're strippers from down in East St. Louis. When's the last time we've gone out to the lost world and invited them into our homes? When's the last time we built a bridge and tried to have a relationship with people that do not know Christ and invite them in to have a game night at our house? You know what Jesus had the reputation of? You know this. What do you have a reputation of? Talk to him. Somebody shout it out. Yeah. 
eating with sinners. I mean, the religious crowd today walked around and said, Jesus, I mean, you claim to be the Son of God. You claim to be this righteous man. What in the world are you doing hanging out over there? Why in the world are you eating dinner over here? Don't you know who these, these people are? I'm talking about emulating Jesus. You see, isn't it amazing how we spiritualize everything and we bring our own little funk and our own little mindset into our own little church and our own little spiritual and we expect everything to be just like this? And we isolate ourselves from the whole world that's going to hell. Bless God, they're going to hell, but we're not. Well, you know, Jesus was concerned about those that don't know him. So let me challenge you to do something. The Bible says that Jesus not only increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God, but also favor with man, with people. Build some relationships with people that don't go to church. Build some relationships with people that don't know Christ. Invite them. Go out to dinner with them. Invite them into your home. Build a relationship with them. And in time, you'll have, be able to share the gospel with them and prayerfully see them come to Christ. Hello? That's all I'm going to say about that. But let me challenge you to do that in the year 2011. Number four, and I'm going to stop with this one. The Bible says that Jesus increased in favor with God. And this one, number four, I saved to the last. However, it's the most important. Okay? Grow spiritually. As you go into the year 2011, we need to be growing spiritually. The Bible says that Jesus increased in favor with God. That's the spiritual development of his life. And there's something we need to understand about our spiritual life. Our spiritual life should not be compartmentalized. In other words, we shouldn't just pull out a drawer and say, there's my spiritual life and put that back in on Sunday and then pull out my work drawer on Monday or my school drawer on Monday or my social life drawer. The spiritual life encompasses everything in your life. Hello? And we need to increase and we need to grow in our spirituality. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, But grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you growing? What's one of the best ways to grow spiritually? Is to get into the Word of God. So, therefore, if you receive my email, my New Year's Day email, you know that I sent a challenge out to all of Victory Church. And that challenge is, I want us together, as a church, to develop, besides our D6 devotional magazines, a, a time when we read, just read God's Word. Now, I've, I've chosen, I went through, and, and I do about four or five of these plans, and I've picked out the easiest plan that I can find. You see, I'd rather those that do nothing do a little bit. Now, there are some of you that may be more mature and you're on past this. That's okay. I encourage you to do it with us and go on and do whatever else you're doing. But at least for those that do nothing, this is, this is the easiest start for you than anything I know. Here's what I want you to do. I want us to enter into this 2011 Bible reading plan called the Life Application Study Bible Devotion. Now, I know many of you have smartphones, whether it's an iPhone or a BlackBerry or whatever Windows has out there. Many of you have smartphones. I know majority of you, probably 95% of you, are on the Internet every day. I see you on Facebook. I see you on Twitter. I see you out there in cyberspace. And that's cool. I love an Internet ministry and presence. And I try to get on there and just spread the gospel and, and do a ministry on the Internet like crazy. I know you're on there. 
So regardless of whether you have a smartphone or not, you do have an Internet access, you have a computer. I want us together to go online or either download your smartphone, go to uversion.com. When you go to uversion.com, it's a, I sent the link to you in an email. You can go there and you can download this either to your smartphone or to your computer and, and, and have it set up there. And every single day, what we will do, we will read a verse of Scripture together, as we're doing it all together. We'll read a verse of Scripture together. You'll come back to the life, life application part of it, and there you'll see how that verse of Scripture applies. Now, how many of you have done Bible reading programs? You'll start at the first of the year and say, boy, I'm going to read the Bible through this year. How many how many's done that? I want to applaud you. Let's all give a hand to all of those that have read the Bible through. That is a tremendous, that was weak. Come on, guys, let's give them a hand. That's awesome. That's great. I'm in a year through Bible, the re, Bible reading plan that I'm, that I'm reading through also myself. But how many have ever been in the Bible reading plan? You're reading two or three, four chapters a day, and you're working your way through there, and you're thinking, man, I just, I've got two more chapters. I've got one more chapter. I, I half, half a chapter. I'm, whew, thank God that's done today. How many have ever done that? That's me too, okay? I've done that. Sometimes that's difficult, and sometimes that's hard. What I want to try to do is make the Word of God come alive in our lives and something we can live out on a daily basis. And I think this is one of the best little devotional guides that's accessible. It's completely free. You don't have to go out and buy anything. It's totally free, and you can get it directly on your phone or on, on, online. So I want us to do that. The point is we need to increase and grow spiritually. All right? In closing, let me do this. As they come and get a song of invitation, I want to share something with you. This is one of my devotional books that I read. It's called Jesus Calling. And this is, I got this as a gift, as a book, and I loved it so much, I downloaded it onto my phone. And it's a little devotion you read every single day. And the devotion is read in such a way as it's Jesus speaking to you directly. I want you to listen to what January 1 is. And listen to this as Jesus is speaking to us directly. He says, Come to me with a teachable spirit, eager to be changed. A close walk with me is a life of continual newness. Do not cling to old ways as you step into a new year. Instead, seek my face with an open mind, knowing that your journey with me involves being transformed by the renewing of your mind. As you focus your thoughts on me, be aware that I am fully attentive to you. I see you with a steady eye because my attention span is infinite. I know and understand you completely. My thoughts embrace you in everlasting love. I also know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope, and a future. Give yourself fully to this adventure of increasing attentiveness to my presence. So here's what I want us to do. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, the most important thing you'll do in your life is to grow spiritually. Why don't we just make an agreement today that if we can't do these all four of these cornerstones, at least we're going to focus on this one. And you see, I have found that if you focus on this one and you grow spiritually, 
It seems like the rest of them find their place and fall into place. So I want to challenge you to grow spiritually. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life, if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. That's victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can call, email, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109 in O'Fallon, Illinois. Or come check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.